2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, a free agency recap. Day one of NFL free agency underway. The legal tampering period started at noon on Monday. Uh, Of course, new league year opens up at four o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, A lot to get to. I want to start with the very first thing that happened today for the Browns. Deshaun Watson, his contract was restructured as expected. Uh, Mary Kay, it frees up money for the Browns. My question here is, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter talking about, well, the Browns are just kicking the can down the road, and you know, maybe this will come back to bite them later. I mean, is this just something that's going to happen every year with this contract? Should we just, I mean, could you just pre-write stories for the next ten years? The Browns have restructured Deshaun Watson's contract.
0: Yeah, probably. You know, that's probably what they're going to have to do, and each year over the next four years. The base salary is $46 million. So, you know, they cleared $36 million. Not exactly sure how they did it this year yet. We will soon probably find out. But it could be just a a flat-out conversion to a signing bonus. Uh, And and therefore, you know, who's going to argue with that? Who's going to argue with getting handed another $36 million up front to invest or spend or do whatever you want with instead of having to wait for some of that? So um, so absolutely, 100%. It's a win-win for the player and for the club. It put the Browns about 21 almost $22 million over the cap. Uh, then they will also have John Johnson's salary coming off the books, $9.75 million of that will come off the books on, uh, I believe it will come off on Wednesday. If not, they have to wait t- till June 1st and set something else up, uh, another contract up to pay out after June 1st. But, um, but yeah, that, you know, this enabled them to accomplish their roster goals and they still have some money left over now to do whatever they want with it.
2: Ashley, I mean, when I look at this, you know, obviously, yes, this is going to have effects down the road, but I just think looking at Deshaun Watson in this five-year window isn't, isn't really accurate. If, if this goes the way the Browns want it to go, he's going to be the quarterback here for 10 years, 15 years. I mean, then you're getting into his 40s. So, you know, we'll see about that. But this isn't like a five-year proposition. And like, if it doesn't go well, all these guys are going to get fired anyway. So you can kind of just keep doing this and doing this because you're going to have a long time with this guy.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think from his perspective as the player, this money is all fully guaranteed. You know, it's like not when they restructure it that he is losing any money or something like that, and kind of like Mary Kay described, you actually might be getting more of that money up front if it came via signing bonus, which we don't know yet. Um, but that's a common way to kind of go about things. And I just think for him on his end, it doesn't really matter when I mean, you came here because you want to win a Super Bowl. Um, you're going to be willing to work with the team on something like this so they can then go out and get more talent. But you're right, Dan. I think when they made this move and signed this contract, it wasn't just for these five years because if everything goes according to plan, like. He is your franchise quarterback for, like, the next decade when you signed him, at least. So um, there's definitely, I think it just kind of, again, goes to show, like, how much was riding on this deal when they made it this time last year. Yeah, I mean, Mary Kay, he's got,
2: again, if everything goes the way the Browns plan, he's got two, like, two more contracts after this, at least (laughs) with the Browns. So they're going to always be able to make this money work, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it all depends. I think that, uh, you know, everybody's optimistic it's going to go the way that uh, that they think it will, and that there will be more to come after this five-year deal. But, you know, I don't know that they're thinking that far down the road right now. I think they're probably more so just hoping that uh, that he can get them to the Super Bowl sometime in this first five years of his contract. They already had to, like, waste the first year of that because of his 11 game suspension. Now they've got four more chances on this contract. So, you know, let's see what they can do. Let's see what they can do with, uh, you know, maybe adding uh, another receiver or two. Let's see what Kevin Stefanski can do in calling plays for Deshaun Watson. So um, I do know one thing. There are plenty of receivers that want to come here and play with, with Deshaun. There's, there's no shortage of guys Uh, that are raising their hand to say, let me come play with him.
2: One other point on this before we get to the the moves the Browns made and and didn't make, Um, and Mary Kay, I'll I'll start here. I saw a tweet yesterday. I think the NFLPA put out the cash spending uh, over the last year, and and the Browns were on top of that. Um, This is an example of them being willing to spend cash. This is sort of what the Haslams do. Um, But does that – I guess when I saw that, I thought, A, that's good – but B, they also don't want to spend all this cash and go seven and 10. Does that add a little, a little pressure when you kind of think about it in that perspective?
0: Yeah, I think so. But yes, I, I think that they are under the gun now. I, you know, I mean, Like I said, he's only got four years left and you've got everybody in their prime. Now is the time that they really have to get to the playoffs and make their run right? I mean, Nick Chubb might not be the Nick Chubb we all know three or four years from now, right? I mean, right now he's still in the prime of his career. Same thing with Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, now Ethan Posick. So these guys are in the prime of their career. You got a lot of 27 year olds and, um, you know, this is what they want to do. This is the run that they want to make now. So yes, the pressure is definitely on at this point. And it should be noted, of course, that because this is the first fully guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL, he's going to get that money. Okay. And he's going to get most of it from the Cleveland Browns. Now, sure, in, in some world, there, you know, there could be a world in which somebody trades for him down the road, but most of this money is coming from the browns, so for them to turn around and give him a thirty six million dollar signing bonus, it's no sweat. He was going to get a forty six million dollar uh base in his paychecks this year anyways it this doesn't mean hardly anything except for, hey, let's go out and try to sign some other guys
2: right, right, and uh, you know where the cash spending comes in is they have to they have to put that in escrow and they and they have to like they actually have to have that money. Um, uh, available, which is you know one of the things that we're seeing. You know, some folks are wondering, are the bang- how much are the Bengals going to be able to put put away for Joe Burrow? That that's one of the things to kind of watch as we go forward. So, um, Ashley, it is very beneficial that this team has very wealthy owners who are only getting wealthier.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's key when you have a deal like this because again, it call it you when you pay a quarterback this much money, number one, like not a lot of people would be willing to do that in the first place. And obviously it was historic in the sense that it was fully guaranteed, which is basically, I mean, unheard of. And you see the, the, I guess the ripple effect now with some of these quarterbacks specifically like Lamar Jackson, what he's hoping for what he's asking for. Uh, But it does kind of, I think, come down a lot to that in that having ownership that's willing to, kind of shell out this much money and then, you know, hiring the people who can then manage the cap and figure these things out year to year by doing creative things like this and, you know, doing signing bonuses. But you have to have all those pieces, I think, working together to make something like this happen when you're talking about a contract of this magnitude.
2: Okay. It is a uh, free agency. So I have to put this disclaimer in right now before we get to uh, the moves that were and were not made today. It seven fifteen. On Monday, as we're recording this, so uh, now we now we wade into. uh, Let's start with the most significant move the Browns have made so far, as of recording. And all right, bear with me here. I'm going to try this. Obo Okoronkwo is signed as the Browns' uh, you know top free agent to this point. Obviously, an edge rusher from Houston, Mary Kay, a guy who you kind of look at some things that he. That he does well, Um, he was 13th, this is from PFF, among qualified edge rushers, he was 13th in their win percentage stat. He had 36 pressures uh, that PFF credited him with. Now, some of those numbers, I know there's some ESPN stats that maybe are a little bit different from that, but they're all sort of in that same range. Um, What this guy did last season, uh, even though the sack numbers weren't like sky high, what he did last season in creating pressure and win rate, all of those things, he would have easily been the Browns' second best edge rusher. So, this feels like a very, a very nice kind of—I don't know if I should call it under the radar, but a little bit of an under the radar signing by the Browns.
0: Yeah, I think so. I really do think so. I had mentioned uh, possibly them signing Yannick um, Nagakaway, who had nine and a half sacks for the Colts last year. Uh, but you know, this is a really good young guy. Uh, and he came at, I would say, you know, not a bad price. I mean, it's three years, $19 million. That's a really nice number for, and he could get that up to 22 million. And then he's got 12 and a half guaranteed. That's a nice contract for him. Uh, the, you know, he had signed a one year deal with the Texans last year for three and a half million dollars. So this is nice for him. He just set his family up and himself up with 12.5 million guaranteed. So it's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for the Browns and, uh, you know, he only started eight games. So if he's now going to start 17 games, uh, you can reasonably expect that in Jim Schwartz's offense, he might double his sack totals and be a double digit sacker. And, you know, that that's pretty darn good. He's got a lot of upside potential. And, um, you know, the more I've been, you know, hearing and, and reading about him a little bit, uh, the more exciting it is that they added him for, you know, for Browns fans and for the Browns uh, that they added him to their lineup. And, uh, and yeah, I think that, you know, it's a really, really good pickup, not necessarily one that everybody was waiting on the edge of their seat for it to happen, but uh, you know, his film is good. The numbers are good and the outlook looks, looks great.
2: Yeah, Ashley. Three years with the Rams, uh, won a Super Bowl there in twenty twenty one. A year with Houston, and just a guy. When as you start to see the advanced stats come out, some of the metrics, um, you know, f- from the analytics community, you can kind of I can see the Browns sitting there and saying, you know, this guy still has more to unlock. You know, there's something there, and Jim Schwartz can get it out of him. And it sort of reminds me a little bit of. He's going to have a bigger role, but it reminds me a little bit of like Tack McKinley, where I think they probably saw some advanced stats that they really liked could translate into actual production on the field.
1: Yeah, and I think even knowing how much value this, you know, front office, this coaching staff places on pressures, right? Like 36 pressures, just looked quickly at the Browns' PFF grades from this last year's defense. I mean, he would have easily been the second most pressures on this team. Miles Garrett had 73, and then the drop-off is to Jadavian Clowney at 29 after that. So I do think, you know, you you get a guy who has something more to give. Like Mary Kay said, only started in about – Half of those games last year, coupled with the emphasis Jim Schwartz places on getting those pass rushers good one-on-one matchups, letting them line out further, Um, all of those things, I think, are really promising for him. And yeah, it might not be a name that, like Mary Kay said, people were waiting on, but I think knowing what the Browns had last year, it's an obvious kind of step up based on some of those stats alone.
2: Mary Kay, is this the number two edge rusher? Or is there somebody else still
0: potentially that that could come in? Well, right now, um, I would say that this is the number two edge. Uh, I I would say that. The other thing to consider is, you know, I I think they're still in the mix for, for Draymond Jones. Although I do believe that, you know, his number is probably climbing Fairly, um, you know, fairly high. And I don't know how high they want to go. I mean, they didn't want to pay Javon Hargrave $21 million. And there are a lot of people that now are interested in Draymond Jones. So I don't know if they're going to be able to afford him, but he's someone that can also serve that edge role or play inside. But I'll tell you what, if they ended up with him too, and then now you're looking at, um, you know, I don't know how do you pronounce it. I don't know if it's Ogbo. Do you know if it's is it obo agbo obo? Okay, um, I haven't had time yes, to it's, figure. Yes, it's
2: obo obo okay, obo Okoronquo.
0: Okay, I haven't had time to figure all that out yet. Just uh, it was hard enough. I was able to break that story today. Very difficult thing to do in this highly competitive market. And all I kept thinking was, could your name have not been Tim Smith? I mean, why couldn't you be Tim Smith? I was like how do you spell this? But anyways, so um, so if you're looking at him on the outside and then Draymond bouncing from the outside to the inside miles moving around and you've got these moving parts and pieces, but if you had those three guys on your defensive line, I think you're looking at a dynamite defensive line and you are really uh, transforming your entire defense.
2: Yeah. Draymond Jones is really easy. Right. I mean, that's like, you can yeah. sound that out and you've got like that's that's an easy one to figure out. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, if just, that... go ahead.
0: You just have to figure You just have to remember, is the M also capitalized? And it is. So after that apostrophe, the M is capitalized. That's the, your only decision you have to make it's not with a, oboe, that's, a, that's a post-it note. That's a post-it note with Oboe. I'm telling you what, I, I probably would have broken it about a half an hour earlier <laughs> had I been able to spell the darn name.
2: That's one of those ones where you have to, where you type the name and then you have to like copy and paste it into Google to make sure you, you like spelled it right. Oh, and you're just completely freaked out by it. Um, Ashley, I mean, I will agree with Mary Kayer. Th- if if they ended up with uh, Oboe and Draymond, and that those were your your front four signings, that would be a, a good start to a winning
1: off season. I think so. And especially when you're talking about guys who can get to the quarterback, because Brown struggled to find any other consistent production from elsewhere besides Miles Garrett this past season. And and Draymond Jones, I mean, Mary Kay read a great story about him over the weekend. Like, he has the added element of being from here. He told her he'd love to play here, come back home. He went to St. Ignatius. Like, there's so many local ties here. Again, I think it just kind of shows, like, He's a guy I think who would want to come here regardless, but kind of like we talked about before, I think there are guys like maybe throughout the league that would be willing to come here who maybe otherwise in past years would not have been willing to come here. Uh, But now you have Deshaun Watson and a team that looks like it's built to win now. And I think Jim uh, Schwartz's reputation across the league is you know that guys really like playing for him who have played for him before. And I think that stuff... Kind of sticks with players, and especially knowing if you are a guy who likes to get to the quarterback, you're coming to play for a defensive coordinator who is going to help you get those matchups. I think is really key, and and those two guys here that definitely I think would be a win for this week. So, Mary Kayla, before we move on,
2: um, you know, you we've talked about Draymond Jones. You also mentioned Javon Hargrave, who signed an enormous deal uh, to go to San Francisco, and that I mean that San Francisco defensive front. I'm is an absolute nightmare uh, for any quarterback I mean, it already was. And then you add in Hargrave and it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with it, but that was a really big deal. I I know he was a, a favorite for many Browns fans. I know that he's a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast as a possibility. When you saw that number, do you think that was maybe prohibitive to the Browns signing him?
0: The number didn't surprise me. I knew that's what he was going to get. Um, and and it, but it did make me think if that's where Draymond is going, then they're going to have a hard time wrapping him up. Um, so I was not surprised about that number by at all. And I know the Browns, they just didn't want to go that high is, I think was probably part of the issue. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because he would have been phenomenal too, but he's also 30 years old. I mean, if you can get Draymond and it's a different kind of a a player, but if you can get Draymond, he's 26 and he, he had six and a half sacks last year, having missed the last four games of the season with a hip issue, which is completely cleared up now. So I think if you can plug him in at the age of 26 and have him once again, be in that prime of his career, maybe you would be a little bit more apt to give a, a bigger contract to someone who's a little bit younger. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, as as Ashley mentioned, when I talked to Draymond over the weekend, and I'm very grateful that he was willing to get on the phone with me and do that interview. That was really nice of him, and you know, you, you just don't get that a lot. I think it says a lot that a player is willing to do that for his hometown news outlet. I think it says something about his character, and of course, he's from St. Ignatius and Ohio State, and we know we know all about those Wildcats and Buckeyes. Uh, So we know those are all great guys, but, um, but anyways, so, um, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. He wants to play here. And I mean, he he's open to anything, but certainly this is one place that he would really like to come. And I, for Browns fans sake and for the Browns themselves and for Draymond, I hope they can try to figure something out because it would be really cool for him to come back here and to help this team, get to the Super Bowl, he would be really good for Miles. And I just think he is the culture that they're looking for. I think Javon would have been too, because I got to know him a little bit or talk to him a little bit during Super Bowl week. And you could just tell, great guy. I mean, just great, great guy. Um, But so is Draymond. and, And I just think he's kind of what they need there in the middle.
2: Okay, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about a player that the Browns kept uh, and kind of turn the page forward here into day two.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: And back on the Orange to Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, recapping so far here at 730 on on Monday, day one of NFL free agency. So let's talk some Ethan Posich. Ashley, the Browns have invested very heavily. In, in this line. Now we've talked about, I mean, it, there's been an investment, but if you look at it now um, outside of Jed Wills, who was on his rookie contract, you've got Joel Batonio has been extended. Wyatt Teller has been extended. Now Ethan postage has a three-year deal. We, we don't have a, do we have a number on that Mary Kay?
0: You know, I'm still trying to get that number. i got, I, I didn't think I'd seen that one thing led to another today, as you guys know, and it <laughs> just got like shortly after that I moved into, you know, oboe mode and um, so I haven't had a chance to circle back and make sure I can get those numbers, but hopefully I will
2: soon. I, I'm, I mean, we've got to imagine it's between six and 10, so like six on the low end and 10 on the high end, probably.
0: You know, I, I don't know because the, the, yeah, it, probably somewhere around there. Yes, I would have to say somewhere around there.
2: So either way, it's look, it's a multi year investment at the center position. Wyatt has been extended. Jack Conklin was just extended. So, Ashley, this line. I mean, they've put a lot into this line. Like, we talked about spending money earlier. Th- these guys have got to deliver this year.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, I think you're banking a lot on that these guys are going to now have more time to adjust for blocking for Deshaun Watson, where, I mean, I think they they talked about it more, I think, after the season was over. But you saw it. I mean, they struggled, I think, at first. Not only were they a lot of them banged up, but it was an adjustment for them to go from having to block for Deshaun to blocking from Jacoby previously. that's Those are two totally different players, especially in terms of their mobility, in terms of how long Deshaun Watson hangs onto the ball. We know he likes to really hang onto it to try to make a play. Um, So I think those guys are really going to have to work to adjust. And I think bringing Ethan Posick back is going to help that adjustment because you're essentially bringing back the same line. These guys have all worked together now for a full season with Ethan Posick included. Um, And I think that's going to be big. You know, when I talked to him on on locker clean out day, he mentioned wanting to come back and get a chance not only to, play with Deshaun but to work with Bill Callahan again I mean I think that's how these guys think of him as a position coach I think he said you know basically that it was night and day from pre-working with Bill Callahan to getting to work with him this year and I think he appreciates how valuable that is and to be on this group that's coming back to um, I think this is going to be kind of like a sneaky underrated <laughs> signing that they made because we talk about it all the time like you don't understand how important a good center is until you suddenly don't have one. And we thought they were going to be in that position last year with J.C. Treader, and then Nick Harris goes down and gets hurt in your first preseason game. Um, but Ethan Posick really stepped up. He was one of the best centers in the league this year, so I think it's a really big deal to get him back.
2: I mean, Mary Kay, you, you've been
1: writing for a while now that, that Ethan
2: Posick was going to come back, that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, d- was it ever in doubt? I mean, was there ever a... a- Like at what point, at what point did you feel good saying like, okay, he's, he's coming back. They're going to bring you, they're going to bring Ethan back.
0: I'll tell you what, it's quite the surprise that they were able to get him back. They, the Browns and, uh, and Ethan Posick's agent all the way through up until last, I would say midway through the combine midweek at the combine is when this started to look like it was going to be possible. And then probable. And that is because he was one of the best centers to hit the market. And the, the price was just going to get too high. But then a strange thing happened. The the market started to get flooded with centers and the price started to dip. And as that time went along, uh, it became evident that they were going to be able to sign him at a reasonable number. And I think this is very, very very significant, I really do, because they were 100% prepared to turn the starting center job over to Nick Harris. Now, poor Nick Harris was supposed to have the job last year, and they were excited about him. They really felt good about what he could do based on his start uh, in Green Bay on Christmas Day that year. Uh, He graded out really well, and they had very high hopes for him. But then he suffered a very serious knee injury, okay, and he's still you know, coming back from that, you don't really know exactly how that is going to go. It was a, a wonky knee injury. I mean, I remember talking to him about it during the season, and I believe it involved a dislocation of the knee. There was some kneecap stuff involved that, that got a little dicey there. Well, anyways, he, you know, you're not 100% certain just how healthy he's going to be able to be or stay this season. And what you don't want with Deshaun Watson is an uncertain situation at the center position. You can't have it. You've got to be able to hit the ground running right from the start this year. Like game one, you've got to be golden. And now they will be. I mean, Ethan Posick really did a phenomenal job last year. Again, I think he did flourish under Bill Callahan. I think he does know how to work well with the two guards that are next to him. I think he fits well in this scheme. And he's tall too. I mean, this is a big man. The difference between Ethan Posick and Nick Harris in, in height is very significant. It's like five inches or something like that, four or five inches. So, um, you know, so I think that's significant as well. But he nailed that job last year and he's got like 40 starts under his belt. Nick Harris has one start under his belt, right? Now, Nick Harris might go on to be an amazing starting center in the NFL, uh, but right now it's Ethan's turn. And I really think that that's going to be so good for Deshaun Watson to have that stability and to have that continuity and to just seamlessly move forward with him as his center.
2: Yeah, Ashley. I mean, the NFL is a cruel league. Um, This is one of those examples for Nick. But the the word Mary Kay used there was might. And if you come back with Nick Harris – that's the word you that's the word we're saying all, all off season is is might or, you know, maybe he, you know, did they make a mistake with Ethan Posick? You just know. And so it's it's just good to have answers in as many places as you can going into this really important season.
1: Yeah, I think that's the key. Again, I mean, I think they have liked what they've seen from Nick Harris in a very small sample size and in practices, because obviously he won that starting job basically um, last training camp before this preseason knee injury took him out for the rest of the year. And everyone always spoke really highly of him, but I do think with Ethan Posick, he, he answered a lot of those questions last year. And I know, Dan, like we've talked about that one training camp practice where we saw Nick Harris ran out briefly, Um, And they put Ethan Posick out there. He had a couple of bad snaps and they yanked him in the middle of practice before Nick was even back there. And you're like, I don't really know what we're getting with this guy. But then they put him out there. And again, like Mary Kay said, he's a lot bigger than Nick Harris. I think Nick Harris's size is maybe the second biggest question about him behind how is he going to come back from this knee injury. And Posick is able to get out there. I mean, he's athletic when you watch him and he can pull if they need him to pull. And I think that's key, again, when you're blocking for a guy like Deshaun who can move.
2: All right. This next topic came from a football insider subscriber, one of our texters, in response to a text today. Who won the Chase Winovich Mac Wilson trade?
0: Wow. <laughs> that is. Can, a tell, great can question. I tell you my?
2: Can I tell you my response?
1: Yes. Yes. My the response
2: one? was: it just nobody won. It just kind of happened.
1: That's. I mean, an accurate description of it. I think it's
2: just. A, it's just a mark on the transaction ledger.
0: You know what is mind-blowing is when you look at the other three rotational edge rushers aside from Miles Garrett, they totaled three sacks. They totaled three sacks. We're talking about two from Jadavian Clowney. Chase Winovich only had the one, right, at the end of the Mm -hmm. season? Is that correct? Yeah. He had one, and Alex Wright had none. I mean – is that like it's hard to <laughs> to only have yeah. three guys end up with a total of three sacks. That is very sad. And it tells part of the story of of the defensive woes from twenty twenty two. It really does. It informs a lot of what was going wrong over there. And I think it also spotlights the fact that, you know, when you realize some of the stuff later about Jadavian, why, um, you know, why it was so significant, his unhappiness, why it, you know, it really bled over into the season and, and kind of hurt them because if you're not getting all that pressure up front and you're not taking that pressure off of Miles Garrett, you're also hurting the back end too. It makes it so much harder on them. So it just really is, uh, you know, incredible because I think they were hoping to get five sacks from Chase Winovich seven sacks from Jadavian Clowney and maybe three or four from Alex Wright. Just didn't happen.
2: It was rough. And, and even, I mean, you look at the quarterback hits, um, you know, I was, it was, I just randomly looked that up after the season and it was like shocking how, how few times they even just hit the quarterback. Um, it was, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall uh, when Jim Schwartz was watching some of the film from last year and kind of going over like who's on the line, you know, where they need to add people. Um, It's, it's no surprise that they've already added another edge rusher and and they could be in on, on a guy like Draymond Jones uh, as well. If the the price comes in there. All right. I I have two real topics here aside from the the Mac Wilson chase Winovich trade, unless we want to talk more about that. We can certainly we'll save that for the one year anniversary of the trade.
1: No, I mean, I, I'll just say, like, I think for the from the Browns getting Chase Winovich, like Mary Kay said, I think there was reasonable to expect like, oh, this is a guy who when they traded those guys, it's like those player for player trades are rare, but you're giving them each a new change of scenery and seeing if you can get anything out of them. And I think with Chase Winovich, he just could not get healthy. And he couldn't get healthy last year, and I think that was part of the – he basically went two years without a sack. Like, he talked about that after he got that sack in Washington – um, and I think he's got to, you know, kind of find his groove again now in Texas with the, with the Texans to kind of, you know, get that back because he just hasn't been able to get on a roll these last couple of years. He's been really hampered by these soft tissue injuries, these hamstring injuries have been an issue for him in both seasons now. And he only played in seven or eight games this year. Um, so it's hard to get any kind of pass production when you're like that. And, you know, the Browns with this defense, they're running now. It's like you don't really blame them for not wanting to to give a guy like that another chance here necessarily if you can find somebody who's better who has a proven track record of producing more consistently yeah i mean look in the end it didn't cost them it cost them
2: a player that they obviously didn't think had a future with them they didn't have to give up a draft pick you know they took a flyer on a guy uh it ended up not working out uh okay a guy that did not work out coming here uh jesse bates signs a big contract to go to atlanta so well, he will sign a big contract to go to Atlanta, I should say. So, Mary Kay, what is what's Plan B now for the Browns? I know you've thrown out Juan Thornhill. Um, some other, you know, there's other guys out there. What what is Plan B for this team at the safety position?
0: Well, once again, I've been a little tied up over the last hour or so, but. Um... Have you guys seen any news on uh, CJ Gardner Johnson? If he's still available, uh, he's somebody that I think would be an excellent fit. Again, he's not going to come cheap. uh, So I don't even know if they'll be able to afford him. Um, But, you know, that's someone else that they have had on their radar. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, Jesse Bates, he he, he did want to come and play with Deshaun Watson, just like pretty much everybody else does. Uh, but that was one where the money was going to get a little bit too big. Uh, so, you know, let's see if if they can get another one of these guys. Like you said, a Juan Thornhill. I think Jordan Poyer might be still out there or but there's talk that he could be going to Miami. I don't know if he's still there or not. I think he uh, I don't think he has agreed to terms yet. But, you know, these are some guys, these are some names that that they are kicking around. And the thing to remember about with the Browns, too, is that they could come up with these dark horse candidates, these names that aren't necessarily the top name guy at the position, uh, but guys that, you know, analytically and, you know, from experience and, and money wise uh, can come in here and still make an impact. So you could watch for, for some of these sort of unknown guys to show up to at these positions.
2: Yeah. And, and so much of it, too, is like, If Jim Schwartz looks at a guy and says, oh, I like this guy, maybe he's not a big name, but I mean, Ashley, he could look at a guy and say, hey, that's the guy I want as my center fielder.
1: Right. And I think that's a guy who, given his track record in the NFL, like you kind of, if you're Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry and those guys, like you should give him some leeway there because he has a proven track record of having success and turning around defenses in his past career stops. Um, been in the league for decades obviously. And I do think, you know, we talked about that a lot, like when it comes to uh, guys, they're going to bring back pieces. They're going to go after, like, I think you have to take into heavy, heavy consideration what Jim Schwartz thinks of a guy and how he thinks a specific guy can fit into a system. And like Mary Kay said, I mean, it's going to be interesting with this big piece off the board now uh, at the safety spot.
2: Okay. My last question has to do with Case Keenum of all people. Um, I only ask this because this is one of the areas that we're keeping an eye on. And I've sort of, you know, just looking through free agent lists. If the Browns are signing a veteran, right? You maybe try and look at somebody with a history with Kevin, a history with the Browns, maybe both. Case fits that mold. He's going to go to Houston. Uh, Nick Mullins is out there. Teddy Bridgewater. There's some other veteran names out there as well. Of course, Joshua Dobbs could could be a, a, a guy, too. There's, there's some folks out there. Mary Kay. How long do you think it'll take for the Browns to find that backup quarterback? Could that be something that happens soon? Is that sort of on the back burner? Right? How do you think that plays out? Do they maybe want to see what happens with Jacoby first?
0: Yeah, I think it's a back burner thing. I think let Jacoby go out and see what he can get, see what opportunity uh, opp- opportunities arise for him. And if there is a chance that, uh, you know, he doesn't like exactly what he sees, maybe he comes here for another year. He's comfortable. Uh, Deshaun really likes having him in the room. He's a great guy to have around. So if he doesn't find that opportunity that he wants, although I think he will, um, you know, just let that play out a little bit. I don't think there is necessarily a sense of urgency right now to go out and get that uh, to get that backup quarterback. They feel so good about Deshaun. Uh, You know, I don't think they necessarily wanted to spend a ton of money on a backup quarterback right now with so much invested in the starter. Um, But by the same token, you want to have somebody that can come in and win games for you. So it's a you know, you have to walk that fine line between spending, you know, spending a small amount of money and also finding somebody that can uh, that can replace Deshaun if you need them to. And I also do think it's some somewhat important to have a quarterback behind him with a similar skill set. You don't want to be reinventing the wheel if he goes down with an injury. That just isn't going to make sense and it's not going to help anybody. So, um so yeah, I don't think that, you know, they have to get one by tonight. Uh, and I think they have a little bit of breathing room to let it play out a tiny bit.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm just interested, Ashley, to see kind of where they go in in this situation because this is one of the first you know, they went with Case when they weren't 100% sure about Baker. This year, you know, they went with Jacob because they knew they needed a guy that could start for him for a little while at least. This is sort of like the first true backup. Like the guy you know you're bringing in to be the backup. You're not going to need him to start unless it's an emergency. Like we're we're going to kind of get to see what Kevin and Andrew value here in a in a true backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, and that's what I think is so interesting, like about this. If they do have to go another route besides Jacoby Brissett, I mean, obviously, I think it'd be great if he could come back here because he's great at like leading, you know, helping lead a team, lead in a room, and and do those things. Working with Deshaun, if they need him to, but obviously, if he gets that starting opportunity like you said, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what characteristics besides a guy who can sort of do what Deshaun can do. And I say sort of, because obviously no one can, no backup is going to be able to do exactly what Deshaun Watson can do. Um, But it, it will kind of be interesting to see which path they ultimately go with, assuming it's not going to be Jacoby Brissett again.
2: Okay. We're going to wrap it up there because on days like this, these are not days when you want to keep Mary Kay away from her text messages and, and her phone. She's got to be fully focused on that. She's already broken two stories today, so uh, we, we can't keep Mary Kay too occupied here much longer. So that'll do it for day one of our free agency podcast uh, recap. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap everything that happens. We'll kind of keep doing these throughout the week uh, as news dictates. And of course, if, if we're able to, we might try and get a Hey Mary Kay in. Uh, at the end of the week too so if you want to get involved in that become a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up and just make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on apple podcasts or spotify mary kay and ashley i'll talk to you both later